0: Hello my sweet babies, this is Mama J from Sexually Liberated Unashamed Talk Radio in your sweet little ears today. Usually you've got me here for Slut Radio, yes, but you also know that sometimes I do a bonus episode and it usually has to do with some kind of mental illness. This episode, the one you're listening to right now is called it's bonus episode 3.0 codependency and me first things first okay I am not a medical health professional of any kind of any kind all I am here doing is relating some things that have happened to me I will be also sharing things that have happened to my daughter and possibly things things that are just personal to me If you are having any kind of issues that you would want to talk to somebody about, I would definitely suggest a professional. You won't regret it. I promise. Here is something you may or may not know about me. And this will make sense as to why I'm telling you here in just a second. I have an autoimmune disorder. And Yeah, I've got psoriatic arthritis, and I joke around that it comes with friends, and it does. It comes with psoriasis, it comes with pain, it comes with stiffness, it comes with muscle weakness, it comes with fibromyalgia in my case, it also comes with osteoarthritis in my case, it comes with a lot of itises in my case. Now, why why do I joke around about it? Well, there's nothing else I can do about it, so I just choose to laugh at it. Depression, my dears, depression also comes with its friends. One of those little buddies that hangs out with depression is low self-esteem. These things tend to work together, like, like with my autoimmune disorder. The, you know, a lot of the time, the fibromyalgia and the psoriatic arthritis will work in conjunction to make my day almost unbearable. Now, what happens when depression and self-esteem, or what happens when depression and low self-esteem work together with me? Well, they turned me into a codependent person, and I didn't even know it. So, there's that. Now, codependency was a this this episode here that we are doing this was a suggestion from a listener and I have to take this opportunity to apologize that it's taken me so very long to do this podcast Uh, it was supposed to be out in mid-february it is now or I'm sorry it was supposed to be out in mid-january it is now mid-february so it's a it's at least a month late I am sorry about that. I have my reasons, but i- I am very, very sorry that this episode is so late in coming to you. um As for my reasons, well i you know me, I'm not going to hold back, and I will share those with you and you can You can make up your own mind whether I'm just a lazy bitch or whether you know, okay, maybe she had some reasons. The first reason that this episode has been so late is it has been very painful for me to look back at my failed marriage. It has. It has also been uncomfortable dealing with all of my shortcomings along with the codependency in looking back to... My codependency has been an issue with me longer than I realized. So again, painful and uncomfortable for myself. Now, another thing that's coming up in this podcast is I did an interview with Dee. That interview shook me to my very core. I learned things that I didn't know. It shook me as Didi's Dee mom. Oh my god. The the things that I found out as Didi's Dee mom. Yeah, just not good. Uh the things that she shared with me really, really shook me also, just as a human being, to learn that somebody else had suffered as much as she had suffered. It, it hurt my soul on her behalf. And then it really, really, really made me want to physically harm her ex-fiance. So what I ended up having to do with all the information and Didi's interview, everything that I had on codependency with my own stuff, and then Didi's interview, baby, I was just in too deep and I couldn't be objective about it. I had to put it away. I had to walk away from it. In doing that, I finally got to a point where I said, okay, now it's not as emotional and emotionally charged. So I could, I could see it clearly. And here we are. So hopefully, Hopefully the waiting is is doing some good. I had a whole lot of notes. I've gone through the notes and I have taken a lot of stuff out that, you know, like I said, it was emotionally charged. Hopefully, this podcast will help someone out there. Hopefully, it'll help me. Hopefully, it helped Didi. Uh, So here we go. Codependency and me. Okay, the most important thing in any relationship, what do you think it's going to be? What do you think mama's going to say? It's open, honest communication. And if you don't have that in your relationship, you need to find out why. Look for that why. Now hold on to that thought. Because that's the most important part of any relationship, right? Open, honest communication. Hold that thought. Okay, now we're going to define codependency. It's a it's a pretty simple explanation. Okay. Codependency is an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. Okay. Now, just hearing that definition of codependency... I would say, I'm not codependent. I don't rely on a partner excessively for emotional or psychological anything. And I, I, I still look at that definition and I'm like, hmm, no, that's not me. It really, I don't feel like it's me. I don't feel like it fits me. So here's another hint as to whether or not you are codependent. Are you a people pleaser? Ah, now see that's where I'm like yes I am a people pleaser how did you know that wait 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 that is the that in fact I think that's just a better way of saying you know if you're a people pleaser examine your motives because chances are you're codependent I everybody I know in my brain. And while I've been working on this episode, I've gone through the little file folder in my brain. And I've looked at all my friends and I've looked at all my relatives. And I'm like, mm, people pleaser. Oh, yeah, I can see the codependency there. People pleaser, codependent, people pleaser, codependent. So yeah, if you are a people pleaser, you you might be codependent. Hopefully you've got your shit together and you just give a rat's ass about people, but you care about yourself more. So, but I'm jumping the gun. So we have the excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. Okay. People pleasing. Now, like I said, I looked back at my own life and my own relationships and every single relationship that I had prior to my marriage, I was codependent. Not to the extent that I was in my marriage, but my marriage lasted a lot longer than any of those relationships. So, and I had not a clue. Baby, I just thought that my behavior was normal behavior. And I have to say in my defense, to some extent, it was Simply based on how I was raised, because I was the social mores and the household in which I grew up, the man was the head of the house and he was deferred to at all times. So, yeah, that's how I was raised. Things changed in a lot of different ways while I was married. The outside of the marriage was society. And society was changing who the head of the house was. I didn't know this because I was locked into my ways at this point. But the social mores had changed. The word codependent was being uh, thrown around now. But I didn't let that bother me. It didn't apply to me, right? Well, Okay. So we'll we'll let that go for now. We'll 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 come back to that. But um, well let's let's talk about it. My ex-husband. Okay. No, I am not going to blame him. As hard as that is, I, as much as I want to blame him, I am not going to blame him. This is about me being codependent. So this is my thing. This is my behavior. One of the things, now you may or may not have listened to my 14th of February podcast, but in that podcast, I talk about something called the five love languages. One of my top love languages is, I I can't remember exactly how it's called, but it's something like words of affirmation. Positive reinforcement, basically. Verbal positive reinforcement is basically what it is. I, that is something that I crave in my life anyway. For whatever reason, that's just, it's, it's not my top love language, but it's right there at the top. Yeah, so I always needed to have some kind of a positive acknowledgement from him, at least about things that I considered important. Like when I painted the kitchen in our very first house, it it was a blue kitchen. It wasn't an ugly color. It just I didn't want my kitchen to be that color blue. It was it was very blue, it was very eighties blue, uh well late eighties blue, but uh I, I I didn't want it. I had dark cabinets, I wanted my kitchen to be white. I took it upon myself to turn my kitchen walls. A color that I liked. So, what happened? Nothing. The hubby got home. The entire house smelled like paint because it was the middle of summer in southeastern Georgia. You don't open the windows. So, the whole house smelled like paint. And the not only was the kitchen not blue, but it was bright white which is what I wanted at the time. I didn't get a, uh, I didn't get boo from him. I didn't get, why does the house smell like paint? I didn't get, how did you do this? I didn't get, oh, good job. Oh, the kitchen looks good. You know, oh, you got rid of that blue. I didn't get any kind of acknowledgement whatsoever on the kitchen walls. So that's just one that comes to mind. You know, I did things, I I took care of the house, I took care of the yard, because he was in the Navy, I did a lot of the things that he was typically traditionally supposed to do, like the yard work, I took over with that, so I wanted to hear these little things like, yeah, the yard looks good. Oh, gosh, did you cut the yard this weekend? You know, just something, some kind of acknowledgement. Nothing. So when this happens over and over and over, it's it's, it's not that he didn't say the words that I needed to hear. Now it's to the point of why didn't he say that? Did, did he not notice that I cut the grass? Did I do a really bad job trimming the hedges? Does he hate the color of the kitchen? Did I do such a bad job pressing his uniform that he just can't say anything nice? You know, that's what it turned into with me. And I don't know, I, I haven't read the Love Languages books, and I really need to. But when it starts working and again you know I didn't know at the time that I was suffering from depression but depression was there it had not morphed into what it is now but it was still there that along with like I said the depression comes with its friends and the this made me doubt my self-worth not having that positive acknowledgement at this point is when I should have said to him, "Sweetheart, I worked my ass off on painting that kitchen and, you know, taping it, uh, you know, taping all the woodwork and all the edges and, you know, w- working on the edging and and everything and the painting, it was very difficult." because you had to paint around all those cabinets and and things like that it was very difficult just a hey the kitchen looks good would have been nice to hear that was on me at that point in time when I stopped needing the way to go and it started being oh my god did I do such a bad job that he can't say anything good that is when it's on me. That is when I should have opened my mouth. That is when I should have asked him for clarification. I, I, I should have. And it's so easy to see in retrospect. But I'm also going to tell you, if you walk into your house, and the house smells like paint, you need to strike up a goddamn conversation with your significant other. It works both ways. But the biggest, biggest red flag I had. Okay, I'm getting ready to tell you a Mama J story of epic proportions here. And I have to say the ex hates this story. Anyway, a a lot of it, as I have said, a lot of it is on me. I still can't deny this one still pisses me off. So and I'm going to try and tell it to you objectively. Okay. When the ex husband and I met, there's a football team here locally that I was a fan of just because it's the hometown team, you know, you got to get behind the home team. Either that or you don't. Well, I chose to get behind the home team. I did not, however, understand football. So, you know, I kind of liked the team a little bit. I shook the shakers. I'm like, rah, rah, rah. I had been to a couple of ball games, but, you know, whatever whatever but this dude my ex-husband he actually sat down and explained football to me nobody had done that for me my entire life and to this day I owe him a debt of gratitude for that I love football I do I still am a a student of the game there are still many many aspects of it i do not understand but i simply love watching football so he did he sat me down he told me all about it he was patient with my questions uh he took me to some of the ball games And I got to see, you know, he would point out this play and this play and tell me what this meant. And, you know, like I said, he didn't laugh at any of my questions. Some of them I asked over and over and over because I just couldn't put it together. So yeah, he, he really, he gave me a huge gift when he sat down and explained football to me. Then of course, because the hometown team was his favorite team, and I already liked them. Well, they became my favorite team. They still are, uh, even though I'm divorced now. No, I kept the team. I kept the football team. He kept the tickets, but <laughs> I kept the love of the football team, whatever. Um, but I wanted to do something for him. That was on par with what he had done for me in giving me this understanding of football and giving me this, this joyous thing, because it wasn't just like a one time thing. It was like every time a football game came on, I could pull my knowledge out and enjoy the football game. This is this was a huge deal to me. It was something just joyous to me and i wanted to repay that joy to him and i thought oh 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 i've got it now i love to craft i love to craft i (laughs) i love to craft i can't say that enough so i got this idea it was about it was either the end of august or the beginning of september And we had Dee. And like I said, we were in our first home. Well, Christmas was going to be coming up. I got this idea that I wanted to decorate the tree in our team colors. Just our team colors. We already had some uh, football team ornaments. And I got to tell you, this was about 25 years ago, give or take. And back then, the only Christmas ornaments you could find were in red, green, white, or blue. Unless you bought some kind of a specific ornament, you know, like a cartoon ornament or something like that. Or like I said, we had our football, we had a couple of football team ornaments. This was a daunting thing for me. I wanted so much to do this, but I know what I can do. I can make my own decorations. That's the somehow or another, that's what went through my head. So never mind the fact that I was working full time. I was the homemaker, which meant all the, all the housewifely things were mine to take care of, including, you know, the yard at this point, still, Let's see, working full-time. Oh, yes, Dee. Let's not forget Dee. We had Dee. She was still quite young. And, yeah, full-time, homemaker, raising a child, and I decided to make my own Christmas ornaments. Okay. Good thing I gave myself plenty of lead time because this this took a long time. I mean, and this was... This was back in the day. Nowadays, we've got these uh, really nifty little plastic Christmas balls that you can put sparkly things in. You can paint on them. You can write on them. You can do whatever you want. We didn't have those back then, babies. We had glass ball ornaments. So I painted them. I, I painted them in my team colors, and I decorated them in my team colors and I hung them out on my clothesline in the backyard to dry. Now they turned out great. Some of them broke because like I said, they were glass, but it it, it is what it is. And then I had these, I went to uh, some craft shops in one of the close by cities because we didn't have any craft shops in the teeny tiny town in which we lived. So, yeah, that was another thing. Anytime I wanted to get anything for this endeavor of mine, I had to drive to fucking Jacksonville to get supplies, which was about a 45-minute trip for me, depending on where I was going. So I, I had to, and, you know, because Didi was still, she was young. This required me taking the diaper bag and her and, you know, so. It wasn't just me going to Jacksonville to get, you know, some little wooden football ornament thingies to paint. This was me having to load my child into the car, take the diaper bag, make sure you have gas, because you don't want to run out of gas with a child in the car seat, you know, and then have to go around a craft store with the kids saying, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this? And it just... So these are some of the obstacles that were in my way, but by golly, I did this! I got the letters, I got little wooden, little teeny tiny wooden letters, and spelled out our team name. And I painted those. I glued the letters together. I put uh, little ribbons on the top of them to hang them on the tree branches. These everything turned out wonderfully. I painted the footballs our team colors. I, you know, put the team initials on there, and I put our our logo on there, and I just did all kinds of wonderful things. I did. I had a workshop set up in the dining room, and the hubby didn't think too much of it. He, you know, I told him I was working on a surprise that he wasn't supposed to go in and look at things, but I had to leave things out. So he pretty much stayed away, but he could tell this was a big deal because I, I was working on it so often. Uh, he, he did stay out of the dining room and and he behaved himself, but in any, any spare time that I had, I was in my little ornament workshop working. Okay. And I didn't have a lot of spare time. So it's a good thing. I gave myself several months of lead time. This was not a small project okay I cannot I I just cannot emphasize that enough this was no small project by any means okay so Christmas came and we went out and one of the stipulations when I got married was we always had to have a live tree for Christmas well that wasn't a big deal to me so we went out, we got our Christmas tree and I used all my pretty new decorations and all my team colors and, or my one team's colors. I'm sorry. All my decorations, all in team colors. There we go. Including, oh my God, I forgot to tell you about the lights. I got, (laughs) yes, no, just plain white lights for me. I wanted team lights. And so I got white lights, yes, because white is one of my team colors, but the other team color is not a common color. What I ended up doing was I got several of those old fashioned strands of lights that you actually have to unscrew the bulbs. And I replaced all the colored bulbs with my team's colors. So when we put the lights on the tree, they were the right colors. And they gleamed and they glistened against all the pretty little ornaments of the correct colors. It was so different, and it was so pretty. I must have taken a gajillion pictures. And this was back before we had cell phone cameras. So I had to wait to get those puppies developed. So I got the tree decorated, and then, uh, of course, Didi helped me. Didi helped me. Uh, luckily, most of the breakable ornaments... Uh, we hung up to the top of the tree because we had a very, uh, very happily wagging tailed dog. So all the breakable ones went at the top and Dee helped me hang the, uh, the unbreakable ones down at the bottom. And then we called the hubby in to come look at the tree. Not a peep. Oh, that looks good. Okay. I was confused. I really was. Uh, this this was beyond the me painting the kitchen and wondering if I had painted it a bad color or something. This was, he was, he was grumpy. He was, he, he just wasn't right. There was something going on with him and that tree. So of course, me being me, did I say anything? Did I question him? No, I didn't why didn't i do that because this was something that was important to me mhm it was important to me but it wasn't important to him uh-huh so i put his feelings ahead of mine now that's one of the tells of codependency by the way is i put his feelings ahead of mine i did find out several years later I was in therapy. My therapist wanted my husband to come to at least one of my therapy sessions. If he could manage more, that's what the therapist wanted. I was not thrilled with this. But the the then hubby went to a therapy session with me. The ornaments came up. I did find out about the ornaments. The ornaments came up and I don't know if I had told my therapist about it and the therapist brought them up. I don't know if it was something I brought up, but I'm pretty damn sure the husband didn't bring it up, but it came out that he had actually been jealous of my ornaments. Okay, totally without my knowledge Uh, It must have been while I was at work. He tried to make ornaments with some of my supplies. Uh, Apparently, he had gone into my workshop and snooped. But yeah, he had tried to make some ornaments with some of my supplies. He had gone out and gotten some of his own supplies. He wanted to contribute. But he threw away every single thing that he made because he wasn't satisfied with the way they looked compared to mine. I don't think mine were that great. I was pleased with them. But, you know, it's just what I did. So, yeah, I found out that he was jealous. He was competitive. I've always known he was competitive. But I had no idea that he turned that into a competition I had no idea so this could have been handled in a lot of different ways the number one thing that should have happened was I should have said something I should have said hey asshole I've been working on these ornaments for three months do you hate them do you like them you need to give me some kind of feedback I should have said that But I didn't. I had to wait until a therapy session to find out what was going on. Now, this should have been my biggest red flag at this point that there was something wrong with my marriage. Because he didn't want to talk to me about his competitiveness. Because I'm guessing he was embarrassed. I, I still don't know. And honestly, I don't care at this point. This was about me. He made it about him, but this was about me trying, yeah, it was about me, 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 me. no, I was, like I said, I was trying to do something for him and he just, in some way that I knew how, I didn't have, you know, we didn't have very much money at all left over to, you know, do nice things, you know, so I couldn't go to the store and buy him I don't know whatever he would have liked it was always hard to buy him gifts but uh, so I, I couldn't go buy him a card or anything to say thank you for giving me football here's a here's a nifty card you know I wanted to tie in my thank you with our football team and just make it wonderful and instead, I got something that I'm still talking about 25 years later. So I I don't know to this day if he withheld his praise on purpose or not. Uh, I know that, I mean, obviously, I am still dealing with this. So yes, there was resentment on my part. The fact that I let it go for years and years, and I sat on it like a chicken on an egg, you know, except for years, chickens don't sit on eggs for years. But I did, I let it go for years and years and years. And I just let it fester. And I sat on it. And I just assumed that he was unhappy with the tree or the ornaments. Yeah, I just assumed. Now, here is, um, this is another tell with codependency. If you are spending time Trying to make sure someone else is happy, that may be a codependent sign. When you're in a relationship, your partner's happiness should definitely be one of your concerns. Not exactly whether they're happy with you. Yes, you want them to be happy with you, but just their general happiness. You know, if, they're, if they've are if they had a shit day at work and they come home, what do you do? You try and distract them you try and take their mind off of it. You try and get them to talk talk it out. You know, let it go that way. You want to share somebody's joys and sorrows if you care about them. And this isn't any relationship. Again, this is a relationship with your children, with your parents, with your love. But if you are spending all this time trying to make sure someone else is happy, okay that's that's the thing that is codependent so I think that most healthy relationships are going to have a little bit of codependence on both sides of the relationship I mean it's, it's natural to want somebody to be happy and try to take some of the pressure off of them when they're unhappy like with their job or if they've, you know, been looking at a car and they can't find one they like, they're having a bad time with that. It. It's just natural that you try and do something to cheer them up or, or take their mind off of it. So that's a form of codependence that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that you care. But when it becomes unbalanced, that is when it becomes codependent unhealthy, and possibly even dangerous, because all too often, a codependent situation can lead to mental and physical abuse. Now, this is what happened in Dee Dee's case. So, Dee Dee was actually and and you'll hear this when, when uh, we get into that part of the episode. I don't want to break up any of the interview and have bits and pieces here and bits and pieces there. I just want to let you hear her completely uninterrupted. But Didi was unlike me. Didi was not the codependent in her codependent relationship. Didi's codependent relationship was... <sighs> Her ex fiance was the one who depended on her. And that led to a lot of mental abuse. While it wasn't physical abuse, there was, there was physicality involved in the fact that he, he kept her away from things that brought her joy. So, it wasn't physical abuse. There was definite mental abuse in Dee Dee's situation. There was there was definite mental abuse in my situation. And um, I, probably, my ex-husband would probably say there was mental abuse on his end as well. I, I honestly don't know how he could claim that. But I have not lived in his shoes. So... I'm going to shut up about that. But even if the mental or physical abuse never happens and everything is relatively well in the relationship, but you're codependent. Okay, so so this was me. This was me. I was codependent on my ex-husband. But what happened to me when he suddenly decided he didn't want me? So like I said, he didn't abuse me physically. I still maintain that he did mentally. He probably would disagree with that. But by the time he he decided he was done with me and wanted this divorce, there were certain things I could no longer do on my own. Couldn't do them. Not that I had a mental block. I no longer knew how to do these things because I was so codependent on him bill paying is still an absolute nightmare for me because and and it shouldn't be because as he pointed out to me not too long ago i did this all the time when he was in the navy he would be out to sea for months at a time and guess what back then we didn't have automatic bill pay oh, are you kidding No, I had to sit down and write checks out twice a month and put checks in envelopes. I had to write out addresses on the envelopes. I had to stamp the envelopes and take everything to the mailbox. Nothing was done online. Nothing was done instantly. You know, this this was a process, and I did a damn good job of it. But then he got out of the Navy. And he started doing it again, and I just let him. It, it didn't bother me not to do it. But that morphed, that morphed into me not knowing anything about our finances. There, there's a lot of stuff that I have, like I said, I've I've had to examine my codependency, and. I'm not happy with it. I'm embarrassed about it. So, uh, yeah, I, there was a lot going on with our finances that I foolishly didn't know anything about. There were a lot of other things I didn't know anything about either. Uh, but that didn't come into play until after we were divorced and I found out, but yeah, so I could have, uh, I could have gotten, I could have been a really greedy bitch in the divorce settlement had I known then what I know now. But yes, and again, you know, when he and I met, I I feel the need to tell you this. When he and I met, I was a very self confident person. I was. And for the most part, I remained self-confident unless I was around him. One of the things that I did, and I I hope you're excusing me for for hopping around all over the place. My notes just suck, and I'm going to try and edit this whole thing together, but one of the stupidest things you can do in this world is try to make someone else happy. Okay, maybe you, it's not your responsibility to make anybody happy, but you. Maybe your kids to some extent. But I mean, that's in general. The only person that you need to worry about making happy is you. We cannot make somebody else happy. We can add to their happiness. We can subtract from their happiness. But you cannot make someone else happy. I I didn't realize that at the time. And I bent over backwards. I turned myself inside out. I tried everything that I knew to do to make this man happy. He is not a happy person. He never will be. But I didn't know that at the time. It turned me into a person trying to make him happy, turned me into a person that I didn't recognize. And when I sat down and took a good long hard look at myself, I didn't like myself. And I have to say that I don't think he liked me either because he wanted the divorce. So I lost out all the way around on that. But I'm, for the most part, I'm in a good place now. And I do, I do blame the ex-husband for a lot of things. But I'm trying to blame him correctly. Now, part of, and we'll have to cover this in another podcast, part of the problem with my ex was he was narcissistic and we are going to have to have a whole podcast on narcissistic personalities because with him being narcissistic and then me being a people pleaser, I was doomed I was absolutely doomed not to be happy. And I don't know because he was so narcissistic. He still is, but he's not my problem now. So I can say was. Because he was so narcissistic, I don't know whether my happiness ever mattered to him. Once I realized that my happiness or my lack of happiness did not matter to him. What I should have done was taken Dee Dee and just left his sorry ass. But no, I did what any people pleaser would do. Okay. What I did. Oh, if I just try harder, I'll matter to him the way that I used to. If I just try harder We'll be in that honeymoon phase again if I just try harder. No, baby, that is codependent thinking. Now, here are some flags for you to look for. Now, these aren't red ones yet. These are flags, though. These are things that need to be brought up. Do you have any hobbies or interests that take you away from your relationship for short bursts of time okay even if it's just reading a book on the back porch or having your earbuds in and listening to a podcast like me while your significant other is you know listening to his own podcast or her own podcast this is a healthy thing okay If you've got hobbies or interests that take you away from the relationship for little bits of time, that's okay. You want that. Do you have friendships outside of the relationship? And again, that's something that you want. That's a healthy thing. It's a healthy relationship. Okay, now. If you've got these hobbies or interests or friendships outside of your relationship with your significant other, is your significant other resentful about the time you could be spending with him or her? That is a red flag. What you do about their resentfulness might be a red flag. If they're resentful about it and you sit down and talk to them about it and, and are very respectful and so on and so forth and things either get fixed or they don't, chances are you're not codependent. If they are resentful about time you could be spending with them and you sit down and say, Oh well, I'll I'll stop spending time with my book, or I'll stop listening to Mama J's podcast, I won't I won't hang out with Betsy. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't give up these little bits of individuality that you have. Because they make you who you are. So, let's look for some famous red flags, okay? Now, this one is me to a T. And my family gets so mad at me. My friends get so mad at me. Everybody who loves me, and I'm finding this out... Everybody who loves me is mad at me about this one. Are you afraid to ask your partner for anything, including help of any kind? That's me. And it's not only not only when I was married, I, I couldn't ask I couldn't even ask my husband to fucking change a light bulb. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. It was something by God that had to be handled by me. But yeah, my family and my friends are always, always getting on to me. Jamie, ask for help. Even when I take things into the house. If Miles and I went grocery shopping for his household a couple weeks ago, and he went inside, we had stopped and gotten him something to eat, and he took his food inside, he was on his way back out. I already had everything out of the trunk in my hands. And he's like, uh, do you need me to help you with anything? I said, nope, got it. And he got so disgusted with me. He, it was a lot of groceries. And he got so disgusted with me. He, and he told me, you need, you need to ask for help. You need to leave some of that for somebody else. You don't need to be carrying that all by yourself. So he laid it out for me. And, you know, I, I agreed. He was right. And... So, yeah, are you afraid to ask your partner for anything, including help of any kind? That's a red flag. Do you worry about or get afraid of how your partner will react with unsettling news? Like if the dog peed on the rug. Do you walk on eggshells? In other words, I, I remember a story that my mother told not too long ago. I had no idea about this. Um, When I was a teenager, my mom and dad were still married. And we had moved into this house that had what was called a great room. And mom decorated... To dad's specifications, I, I don't know. I don't know what their marriage dynamic was. I don't know. I'm looking at it from a child's point of view. So I'm going to try and be nonjudgmental here. So they decorated this great room. And one of the pieces that they put in there was a rug. And when mom told this story, She told us, I think that they spent $750 on this rug. It was a pretty big rug. I did the conversion of what year that was and how many dollars. This rug that mom and dad had bought was worth over $2,000 in today dollars. We had a cat. We had a dog. Uh, The dog was an indoor-outdoor dog, mostly an outdoor dog um, at that point in time and where we lived. That was acceptable. The cat was an indoor-outdoor cat, and at this time, she was mostly indoors uh, because she was just getting on up in years. I came to find out recently through my mother telling this story that the cat used to sharpen her claws on this expensive rug my dad apparently lost his shit and threatened the cat and you know i don't know threatened to send her to the moon or something I, I don't know my dad was not a nice person but he 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 was very angry and very upset and he would not have hurt the cat even even i know this but the point Of this whole thing was that my mother made it a point on the days that she got home ahead of dad, she would go to the living room first thing, see if there were any pieces of that carpet that had been clawed, and she would get down there on her hands and knees with scissors and cut the long pieces of thread. So dad would not know that the cat had been sharpening her claws on the rug. Now, I was doomed to be in a codependent relationship, wasn't I? Yes. The fact that I found out that my mother did that, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't stand a chance. Okay. So that's a red flag. Yeah, if you worry about or get afraid of how your partner will react with this unsettling news... Yes, if you come home ahead of your spouse and trim the fucking rug threads that the cat has clawed because you're afraid your spouse is going to lose his shit, you might be a codependent partner. Okay. Now, what about the opposite? Let's say you're in a good mood. You're in a great mood. You've just gotten a promotion at work. Or you just won $100 on a scratch-off lotto ticket. Okay, you are in a great mood, but your partner's not. Your partner is in a pissy mood because maybe, maybe they just had a fender bender. Or maybe they're just late getting home from work. Or maybe they're hungry, but they are in a pissy, 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 pissy mood. Do you find yourself hiding your good news and your happiness? It's those eggshells you're walking on again. Okay. Now, remember me saying that open, honest communication was the most important part of a relationship. Okay. Well, if you have been open and honest with your partner, do you feel bad about hurting his or her feelings? Do you feel guilt? Do you feel, oh my God, I feel so terrible. I shouldn't I shouldn't have told him he hurt my feelings. I shouldn't have told him that. I shouldn't have told him that. Oh, now he's going to be mad at me. See, this sounds like a conversation that would have been in my head a few years ago. Do you have a problem saying no to your partner or to anyone for that matter? This goes with the people-pleasing. This this is one of my big problems. I do. I have a problem saying no to people. Yeah, it, it 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 that is a big fat ugly red flag right there. Now, here's one. This one just hit me over the head like a hammer. Are you angry, hurt, or resentful because you feel like you're the only one putting effort into this relationship? Your partner doesn't even notice your feelings. I know a lot of people like that. That's all I had to say about that one because I can go off on a tangent. Okay, here's another one. Now, all of us, all of us have our own hopes and dreams. We have ambitions, right? Okay, and honestly, at some point, most of us, put away that ambition that we have to be in a rock band or to be a movie star or something like that but let's say that you've got you you're all grown up now and you have your eye on this position at work do you put aside that ambition due to somebody else's hopes dreams and ambitions And you're like, oh, no, it'll be my turn next. I get to go first next. Even if it's accidental. Do you feel bad if your significant other withholds approval? Kind of like me and those stupid Christmas ornaments. Actually, they're not stupid Christmas ornaments. They were beautiful. But, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I felt bad because I didn't get the, oh, these are so pretty, you know, or thank you, or what else, or whatever. So, yeah, I, I felt bad. Are you the person, and I used to just think this was mom, but are you, <laughs> you'll see what I mean. Are you the person who takes care of everyone else's needs before you take care of yourself? I used to just think that was me being a mom and a wife. But nope, nope, nope. And here we go again. Are you a people pleaser? Have you lost sleep consistently over something that happened in your relationship? And there's your significant other just sleeping like a baby. I can't tell you how much sleep I lost in my marriage. Agonizing over these these things. Well he laid in bed next to me and just snored and tossed and turned and stole the covers and I would lay there and cry, okay, in the relationship, do you consider yourself to be the caretaker of the relationship i I definitely know several people like this, so and you kind of feel like your your significant other your partner is just kind of tuned out ninety nine percent of the time couldn't give a shit just couldn't give a shit. You know, as long as as long as you're there, they don't care. Here's a, this is not a trick question. I promise. But I do want you to sit down and examine it very closely because we're still talking about red flags here. Do you trust your partner with your feelings? And I want you to be honest. And the reason that I say that is if you've answered yes to any of these little red flags here, you probably don't trust your significant other the way you should. And I'm saying that with total assurance because I lived that. I lied to myself for years that I trusted my ex. But I trusted him with certain things, I trusted him with the with the house or the finances. I trusted him with, you know, mom and dad kind of things and and stuff like that. But I just assumed that because I trusted him in those ways that I trusted him with my feelings. And I didn't, if I had trusted him with my feelings, I would have been able to share those feelings with him. So I just didn't differentiate between the kinds of trust I had going on. There are different kinds of trust, different levels of trust in every relationship. But no, I did not trust him with my feelings. And like I said, I lied to myself for years because I trusted him in other aspects of our, our relationship. I didn't trust him with my feelings. And honestly, I don't think I really ever did. Now, this last point is yet another yes for me do you hang on to relationships too long after most people would just kind of shake their heads and wonder what is wrong with you why are you still with this person this person treats you like shit why are you still with this person yeah that's me that's me and not only did i do that in my marriage but i i have done that with jobs I have done that with cars. I have done that with friendships that haven't been friendships. Uh, you know, people who just want you around for whatever their reason is, which is yet another form of codependency. Codependency is is difficult and tricky. Probably because the one who has the codependent tendencies is usually usually the victim in the failed relationship and nobody wants to tell the victim that they need to change their behavior. It's too much like victim blaming, but we need to get past that because I need to look at my own codependency and say, baby, you need to change. And the basic way to do that is to put yourself first. One thing that I do want to say, and again, I'm, I'm going with my own experience here if you are looking at your relationship in your head right now and thinking that it is all your partner's fault I want you to take a step back I want you to calm down I want you to to just put the brakes on okay I did this for years literally years I blamed everything on him and yeah there is no doubt that he was an asshole to me. Personally, he was an asshole to me. He he was just, he was a general asshole to me. He was, he was in general, not a nice person. But at some point, at some point, I should have determined that enough was enough. But I didn't. So the cycle kept going around and around. And yes, yes, I I can't say it enough times. Yes, my ex-husband was an asshole. He was absolutely, unequivocally, without a doubt, an asshole. But I have to own my tendencies and that yes, yeah. By nature, I am codependent. I am trying to own this and I am trying to fix it. Are you guys ready to hear from Dee now?